0: Hey, you know what? I'm super excited today actually to bring part 4, but I've got to be honest, straight up front, I'm actually A little bit sad too because it is in fact the very last holiday hangover of the year. I know and this series has absolutely rocked my world. I'm serious. I've been showing up to church every single week in a pair of Nikes and I've been leaving in flip-flops because every single week I keep getting my socks blown off and I can't leave the building in my normal (laughs) shoes. It's been awesome. So let's get into it. Let's do part four. Hey, when I was a kid, my mom used to cut my hair. It's true. I know. I know. She used to cut my hair. I wasn't always the fashion icon that you see here before you today. It's true. In fact, in the 90s, my mum used to cut my hair and I had a bowl head. (laughs) Yep, live long, the 90s. And anybody remember school discos? Anybody? School discos were banging. That's where it was at. All the girls on one side, all the boys on another side. That weird kid that, that would always slide on his knees down the middle and the teachers would be banging out. Venga, boys. Awesome. Awesome. And I remember this one time, the school disco was coming up. And so I went to my mom, I said, Mom, I need a haircut, but it's time to ditch the bowl. It's got to go. It's got to go. I'm growing up now. I'm about seven. I'm becoming a man. <laughs> got to ditch the bowl cut. And she said, "Cool." And, what was most admirable about this is that my mum was not then and still is not now a hairdresser or barber of any kind. And so she took on this challenge, and I sat in the chair, and she started to shave my head into this into this style that I wanted, which was short back and sides, like the 90s demanded. And we got right to the end, and then she did the thing that all good hairdressers do when they say, Let me just get that last bit for you, and then you'll be good to go. And so I sat back in the chair, and the tension started to fill the room. And I started to pray like really, really hard. And in a moment, everything kind of changed. Because as she took the clippers, and bear in mind, it's the 90s, so they're, they're huge. They're not like they are today. They were like the size of a toaster. As she took the clippers and put them up to my head, almost instantly, I could feel the steel against my skull. The problem with that is that. You're not actually supposed to feel the steel. And in a moment, my mum freaked out and jumped back and then I started to freak out and she did the international mum sign of, oh my gosh, there's no going back from what I've just done, which looks like this. <laughs> and I said, what have you done? And she, said, she said, when I've gone to shave your hair, I forgot to put the guard on the clippers and I have shaved a zero into your beautiful head. And so there I was, starting to freak out big time, thinking there's no way I can go to the school disco looking like this, I look an absolute mess. I'm never going to get my first slowie ever. That's not, that's not going to happen. I'm never going to dance to Savage Garden again. This is crazy. And then it dawned on me, because, because it dawned on me that I remember in my school at that time in the 90s, you couldn't have a haircut that was less than a one. And so I'm sat in this chair and the only thing to do is to shave off all my hair and my mum's shaving it off like I've just joined the military and I'm in floods of tears. I'm thinking this is the worst scenario possible. This is an absolute nightmare. I'm not going to get to go to the disco. And not only that, I'm now going to get suspended from school. How am I ever going to make it out alive? My social life is over. God, you have forsaken me. (laughs) And so the next day I got up and I calmed down. And I went to school and I was trying to keep it incognito. I was trying to be a seven-year-old ninja. I was trying to blend in. But then in the corridor, there he was. And I locked eyes with him. And he locked eyes with me. And he came bounding over. And he was standing over me taller than I ever remember him. And it was Mr. Morris, the head master. And I'm thinking, here it comes. Jesus, take the wheel. As he just starts to rain down suspension claims, on my tiny life but in that moment something crazy happened because he didn't only not suspend me but he started to laugh at me and I thought this is strange and then he turned around and he said to me have you shaved your head in commitment to the play and how could I forget the reason why there was a school disco was because it was the end of the year and at the end of the year in this year in school everybody had to have a part in the play and I had been cast as a street thug in the rip-off of the play Grease. Ours was called gel true story, ours was actually called Gel, and I'd been cast as a minor street thug in this minor role and he thought that I'd shave my head in commitment to the role as if I'm some sort of method actor. And everything kind of worked out well from there. I crushed the role in the play. I absolutely smashed it, if I do say so myself. I didn't get suspended. I went to the disco and I got the slowy and life was good. And it all worked out. Isn't it amazing though how sometimes in your life, some of the biggest obstacles that you can face can often become the greatest opportunities. Some of the biggest hurdles that you have to jump over in your life Whether you're a kid or an adult can sometimes turn into the greatest of opportunities. Some of the hardest fights that you can find yourself in can sometimes turn into the greatest opportunities of your life. Have you ever seen this in your life? Have you ever been stuck in the middle of a situation where you're thinking, man, this could not get any worse. This is the worst case out. This is the worst case possible. There's no good that can come from this. Maybe, maybe you're in a relationship and you're thinking, How on earth am I ever gonna get through this relationship barrier? There's no coming back from what she did or what I did. How are we ever gonna push past this? Maybe you're thinking to yourself, How on earth am I ever gonna get out of this dead-end job? Not me, I'm kidding. I'm all right. How am I ever going to keep moving forward? How am I ever going to get through to my kid who just won't listen? And if you've been following God for a while, and maybe you haven't, but if you have, you've been following God for a while, you can look and you can see that God has always been working behind the scenes of your life, whether you realize it or not. Isn't it funny how sometimes if you've been following Jesus, if you've been following God, you can almost forget instantly every situation and everything that he has brought you through when you're faced with another one and you're stuck in the middle questioning his ability to do it for you again. Let's be honest the new year is here and it can be good sometimes can't it to look over and laugh and look at last year and think about everything that we achieved and everything that we did and all the good times we had but if you're anything like me sometimes a new year can bring a little bit of discontentedness, It can bring a little bit of frustration, maybe with the way that things pe- played out in certain situations. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves playing the I wish game, can't we? You ever played the I wish game? Where you find yourself going, ah, oh, I wish I'd have just handled that a bit better last year. I wish that I'd been turned on to my finances just a little, bit le- a little bit better last year, and I'd saved maybe a little bit more. I wish that I'd ditched that one last year and found the one this year. I wish, I wish and the problem with playing the I wish game is that it can start to leave you feeling unmotivated, unproductive and sometimes even depressed and we can become fixated on all of the stuff that we didn't do last year and all of the stuff that we did do that we wish we hadn't do and we can get stuck filling our eyes with things that we have no control over now instead of looking towards the year ahead. If you're looking for a message for tonight's talk I've called it this don't look back don't look back because I want to encourage you and the truth is I kind of want to encourage myself as well and remind myself as I remind you that God still has a plan for you God still has an as an idea for how your life can go if you just stop looking back you know in the Bible there's this guy called Lot and um He's an Old Testament character, which just means that his story happened before Jesus came and, and so it's in the, it's in the front half of the Bible. And we actually know a lot about Lot. Cheap joke. We actually know a fair amount about Lot. We know that Lot constantly struggled with being caught up in the present moment. Who else can relate to that? We know that Locke constantly struggled with getting swept up in the present moment and forgetting about the consequences of his actions and how those consequences took his life in a very different direction. Who else can relate to that? You know? We've all been there, haven't we? We've all been set on a path where we say, Do you know what? I'm gonna stay in tonight. I'm on my way for an early night. I'm trying to be more mature. I'm trying to save some money. Maybe I'm trying to be a little bit more responsible. And then that friend calls. That one that you can't say no to. And if you're looking dead straight now, it's because you came to church with them today, then you can relate to this because they call and you're like, hey, girl. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in concert square throwing absolute shapes. We've all been there. We can all be like Lot. That is exactly who Lot was. He constantly got swept up in the present moment. And so here's Lot living in this city His decisions have took him to a place and took him to this city, which was not a great place. In fact, the Bible tells us it was such a bad place. At this moment in time, in Lot's life, God himself is getting ready to destroy it. And what's most interesting is that in spite of everything that Lot has done, that has warranted him being in that situation, God still sends two angels to rescue him. How amazing is that? That's good news for us today because in spite of everything that Lot had done, God still had a rescue plan for his life. Did you know that God will remain faithful to you even when you don't remain faithful to him? Because God's faithfulness towards your life is not not based on what you're doing or where where you're at or what you've done. It's based on who he is. His faithfulness towards you and your life is not based, it's not predicated on anything that you've done. It's not based on the car that you drive or the clothes that you wear or the job that you have or the mistakes you've made or the accomplishments you've achieved. It's based on his character. It's based on who he is. So let's read together. Let's read Genesis 19. It's in the very front of the Bible. We're gonna read Genesis 19, verse 17, and let's see what's happening in Lot's story. If you haven't got a Bible, don't worry. It's gonna come up. On the screens behind me and this is what it goes like Genesis 19 verse 17 and this is the angel that's come to rescue Lot speaking to him and he just says this one line he says run for your life and don't look back run for your life and don't look back let's jump down a couple of verses to verse 20 and this is what it says see there is a small village nearby now this is Lot Having a conversation with the angels. And he says this. He says, please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right. The angel said, I will grant you your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry, escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah and he utterly destroyed them along with all the other cities and villages of the plain wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him and she turned into a pillar of salt. You can almost feel the tension in this story. Because it's the part of the movie where the good guy who's made some bad, bad calls has started to try and make the right decision and the clock is ticking and when he finally does, he starts to run and then he looks back and his wife gets turned into a pillar of salt. And I wonder how many of us are in a situation now where we're trying to move out of it into 2019, but we're playing the part of Lot's wife and we're stuck on pause and we're paralyzed because we're looking back at 2018 and we're saying to God, like, God, it wasn't supposed to be this way. I thought that, I thought that I would be a lot further on now, God. I didn't really mean to make those mistakes and we find ourselves paralyzed because we're looking at everything that's happened and everything that's behind us instead of fixing our eyes onto the village and running. Forward to it. I don't know how your 2018 panned out, but let me encourage you with this. What's behind you might be on fire. What's behind you might be a mess. But if you look in the right direction, you'll see that God is for you. And he still has a rescue plan for your life. You might have left 2018 feeling like it is over. You might have ran from 2018 thinking, I have just escaped with my life. I only feel like God. I've just got here by the skin of my teeth. Surely this is over. But I want to promise you, it is not finished. It doesn't matter how you feel that it is. Because let me tell you this, faith is greater than feeling. Even if it feels like you've only just made it. Even if it feels like it should have swept you up. Even if it feels like you couldn't have done any worse, worse with the time that you were given last year. Faith is greater than feeling. You're not done. It's not over. If you're sat in church today with breath in your lungs, then God still has a plan for your life. I love in the Bible how nothing is there just as commentary. Did you know that every single thing that's in the Bible, every single word, every single crazy name that no one can really pronounce right at the start, everything that's in there is in there for a reason. It's not just there, just because. And I love that in this in this scripture, in verse 23, when it says this, Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising. He was the writer who wrote this down. He wasn't feeling particularly artistic this day. He wrote it down because it's important, because he wants us to know in 2018, it doesn't matter what you've come from, if you're running in the right direction, just as the sun is rising, it means a brand new day was starting. A brand new day was starting for Lot, just like a brand new day is starting for us today. A brand new year is on the horizon. God is the God of new beginnings. You know, when I first got married, I... um. I got married quite young. I got married at 25, which I know is not super young, but outside of all of my church friends, I didn't know anybody else that was married, and so I was really adamant that I didn't want to become this typical husband kind of character. You know those ones where you can um, you can kind of pick them out because you look at the way maybe they're dressed and you think you are definitely married because your wife. Defo bought those clothes. You know those ones, usually got like Velcro shoes on and stuff. And so I was adamant that I didn't want to become that guy. But then I kind of let myself down early on in the game because I got lost in the supermarket. Pulled a classic, classic husband move. In my defense, I don't actually like going to the supermarket. I don't actually like going the Asda. And that's nothing more than, I just don't understand why you would get fully dressed to go somewhere when you can order exactly the same food from exactly the same place, in your underwear, in your own house. I don't understand why you would want to put yourself through that. Have you ever been to the supermarket at peak time? Don't do it. I am convinced the writers of the film Jumanji just looked at the supermarket experience and said, "Hey, let's just swap all these crazy people out for some rhinos, and they'll never know that we're just telling the story of the supermarket." It's crazy. It's purely a survival exercise. It is mental, and so I find myself in this situation, and I got in the supermarket, and I lost Beth, and I'm looking around, and I'm and I'm trying to find her, and I'm like Beth, Beth. <laughs> I've got to be honest. I'm starting to freak out. I'm like bah. and I couldn't see her anywhere. There was kids screaming, there was there was husbands and wives screaming at each other and then screaming at the kids. It was absolute chaos, and I couldn't find her. But then, over all the noise, I began to hear Courtney. And I thought, Jesus. I'm pretty dramatic as a person, and so I thought. God was maybe calling me home because I honest to God thought I was going to die in the freezer aisle next to some delicious Chicago Town pizzas and so I was like Jesus take the wheel and then I heard it again I heard Courtney and the chase was on and then I did that thing that everybody does when you lose someone in the supermarket but you don't want them to you don't want other people to know that you've lost someone in the supermarket do you know this where you go and find the middle aisle in the Asda the biggest one it's like the express lane for trying to find people and then you have to do, you, you have to do this certain type of walk because you don't want anybody to know that you've lost your wife or your husband. And so, this is how it goes. And I'm like, eh, And I can hear the voice, Courtney, Courtney. And it's getting louder and louder, and I'm getting on top of it. And right, I think to myself, right, this is definitely coming from either this aisle or the next aisle. So I swing a right, and I turn into that aisle, and all of a sudden, there's like this metropolis of nobody except me and this little girl. And she's there and she's dancing and playing and she's this pink frilly dress on and she's totally oblivious to everything that's going on. And then I hears it again I hears, Courtney. And then I realized that that voice is not even my wife's voice. And this woman, she came around the corner and she scooped up her kid and it was in that moment that I realized that I have the same name as a five-year-old girl. <laughs> you see, I followed the wrong voice and it took me totally to the other side of the shop and I still didn't find Beth for ages. But in 2019... If you want to stop looking back, you have, to, you have to listen to the right voice. It's never been more important to listen to the right voice, but the truth is it's never actually been harder, has it? In a world that demands so much of our attention, so much of the time, how do we listen to the right voice? I read a study the last couple of weeks when I was preparing for this talk, and I found out that these super smart people, they figured out that on average, the average person over a 24-hour period, he is to 30,000 Words. How crazy is that? And then I got home and I was hyped up to tell Beth and I went to tell her but I couldn't get a word in and then it dawned on me that these dudes probably weren't married because she said at least 10,000 words in the first five seconds. But seriously though, I want to ask you the question of what are you listening to? In fact, more importantly, who are you listening to? Who are you letting speak into your life? You have to listen to the right voice in 2018. Do you know a good way to make sure that you're listening to the right voice in 2018? It's simply this. Cut away all of the negative people. Eject negativity from your life. Imagine for a moment a life where your self-worth is no longer dependent on the negative opinions of others and I know that life can be hard and sometimes it can be difficult and sometimes people go through some really really challenging stuff but don't you just hate it when you're around those glass half empty kind of people and everything just kind of seems to suck that little bit more get rid of those people this year because here's the truth they don't want to see you living well anyway they don't want to see you living strong anyway and living free and living in your purpose anyway they just want to be boo buddies with you. Let me give you my, uh, my theory on boo buddies. It's always the people that are too scared to get in the game that boo from the seats, isn't it? Doesn't it always seem to be the negative people that seem to have so much time on their hands to boo what someone else is doing? To talk negatively about your dreams and about what you're doing, about what you're trying to achieve, get rid of those people this year. Think about it like this, an entire sea of water can't sink your ship unless the water gets inside the ship. Don't let negative people inside your life in 2019. Do you know what's crazy that I read and I found out? If you listen to negative people or people who complain, for more than 30 minutes a day, do you know that it actually starts to damage the part of your brain that deals with problem solving? That's a scientific fact. Isn't that crazy? And what's funny about that the most is is that it doesn't damage the person who's complaining. Oh, no. It damages the person who's listening. Listening to the right voice has never been more important. And so we've got to ask ourselves a question like, how do we even do that anyway? How do we listen to the right voice in, in a world that's full of communication, that's full of social media exposure? Well, one of the ways that you can do it is simply this, you could just read your Bible every single day. And I know that isn't groundbreaking, but how often have you turned up to church and you're dependent on someone to have read the Bible for you, or you go through your social media feed and you're hoping that someone's posted a scripture. If you want to know what God says about your life and about the potential that he's placed on you, then go straight to the source. Read your Bible, get on a plan, and get in the Word every single day. Make a commitment at the start of this year to say, I'm going to read my Bible 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever it takes, every single day. You know, you can get apps now, and I'm a bit of a tech fiend, so I love this. You can get apps now that will read the Bible to you. How crazy is that? Not only that, you can put a soundtrack underneath. It's really soothing. You try it. Because I'm convinced that one of the guys that actually reads the Bible to you is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> the voice of God, the guy who plays God in Bruce Almighty, can read the Bible to you on this app. You should check it out. It's awesome. It will track your project, your, your progress. You can make notes. You can highlight. It is amazing. Another great way that you can make sure that you're listening to the right voices in 2019 is simply this get in a life group. Join a life group. Do the opposite of what Boo Buddies have been doing and how Boo Buddies have been negatively affecting your problem solving, negatively affecting your lifestyle. Do the exact opposite of that and join a life group. You can join them in the foyer right here tonight. Get around some people who only want to see you living well. Get around some people who only want to see you strong, who will build you up, who will hold you up and have no agenda. I think that Lot, in this story, had this lockdown. I think that he really understood this principle. I think he had this idea on Lot, because here's the thing, it doesn't say that Lot was a perfect dude. In fact, it says that he was quite the opposite, but none of that mattered, because when the angels came and told told him the plan, he was able to listen to the right voice, and it changed his life. He was able to gain a fresh start, a brand new beginning because he could understand that the voice that he was listening to was the right voice. We have to listen to the right voice. Lot listened to the right voice and it changed the course of his life from destruction into deliverance. He listened to the right voice and it took the trajectory of his life from sin into salvation and he gained a brand new start. I wonder how many of us are looking for brand new starts this year in empty resolutions. How many of us have made resolutions this year and already broke them? Because last week was actually the week on average where most people break their resolutions. And so we're a week away from that now. So I wonder how many of us in this room have said one thing and then broke them. And so at the outset of this year, I want you to understand that you don't need any more empty resolutions. You need redirection. You need to listen to the right voice and then you need to redirect your life it's a two-part deal though to live hangover free this year to live better to not be pulled back by what you did or what may have happened to you whether it was or wasn't your fault is a two-part deal it's not it's not enough to just listen to the right voice we have to do the right thing that's the other half of it you can't just have cereal without the milk it's strange and if you do then you're out of your mind (laughs) you can't just buy beans without buying the beans with the little sausages in them because it's the same price and if you do and you're not a vegan or you're a vegetarian you need to get your head on straight it's a two-part deal you can't have Bert without Ernie it's a two-part deal you have to listen to the right voice and then you have to do the right thing and this is what James said who was the brother of Jesus he says this he said we shouldn't just be hearers of the word But we should be doers of the word also. So we have to listen to the right voice for sure. But then we have to do something with what we hear. And what we have to do is we have to run in the right direction. We have to look to where we're going. We have to look to where we want to be. We have to make sure that we fix our eyes on the new horizon and don't look back don't let what happened in 2018 or 2017 steal your fresh start from you this year because you're so fixated on things that you have no control over now anyway in the famous words of the of the famous teacher Noel Gallagher don't look back in anger don't do that don't look back in anger this year we don't need resolutions we need redirections and I'm not knocking resolutions at all But what I've found in my own life and what I've seen in the lives of my friends around me, resolutions a lot of the time, they're the thought of doing something different. But redirection is the action of actually doing something different. You see, my thought says, I'm going to get in the gym, I'm going to get massive, I'm going to get hench. But my action finds me skulking around the Mackey's drive-thru with 20 chicken nuggets on my lap, hoping that nobody in the church sees me because I've publicized it. I'm not knocking resolutions. This is just what I found. And here's what he did. Here's what Lot did. When he heard the voice and he redirected his life, he ran straight into a new start. He ran straight into a village. And remember, we talked about just earlier about how everything in the Bible is there for a reason. And so I started to wonder about this village and I wanted to know what was the point of this village why does the writer tell us that he ran so specifically to this village and I found out that this village is called Zoar I'm not sure if that's how you say it that's how I'm saying it Zoar Zor, whatever I found out that it means small and insignificant and I started to get to wondering about how many of us want to run from where we're at but we want to run straight into bigness don't we We want to run from bankruptcy and we want to leg it full pelt straight into being a millionaire because we think that that is the solution to our bankruptcy problems. We want to run from one bad relationship into the amazing Instagram marriage. But that's just not how it works. Lot ran straight into smallness. Don't miss your opportunity this year because you think it's too small to ever become anything. Don't see the tree in 2019, see the seed. Try and understand that that's the way that God thinks. He's a God of process and progress and he starts small. Don't miss out on becoming the boss because you were too prideful to show up and make the tease. Keep looking forward by all means. Keep dreaming big. I want you to dream big. I encourage you to dream big. Dream as big as you possibly can because the Bible says that God will do immeasurably more than you can ever imagine. So dream big, but start small. It might be small but it's a start. It might seem insignificant, but it is a start. It might be a temporary job, but it's a start. It's a foot in the door. It might be only 20 quid in a savings account, but it is a start towards buying the house and the life that you want. Here's what Zechariah 4 says. It says this, it says, don't despise these small beginnings. Here's the good news for us. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He's the God of new beginnings. And that word rejoice, it just simply means to feel great joy. God feels great joy when you don't give up. God feels great joy when you listen to the right voice and you run in the right direction and you don't look back and you don't give up. Because he is the God who understands that every single one of us needs a fresh start sometime. And so what does that look like for you this year? What does starting small look like for you? Maybe, maybe your starting small means maybe just apologizing to your husband or to your wife or to your partner. And I, I know that you were only 10% wrong and she or he was 90% wrong. I get it. Been there. But why don't you try starting apologizing for the small so you can be united and dream big again together? Maybe your starting small this year looks like saying, God... I don't think that anybody in the church needs this gift because I don't actually value it and I feel like it's insignificant, but I'm going to bring it anyway and I'm going to join a team. I'm going to get in a serving role. Maybe that's what starting small looks like for you this year. You know what looking back does? It preserves you in a state of frustration. Looking back preserves all of the anger and all of the venom that you feel towards that person who wronged you or it preserves a state of regret because you were the one who wronged another person last year that's what looking back does constantly staring that in the face will preserve you in a state that you were never designed to be in and so I started to ask myself this question because it's the only one left Surrounding this verse Why was it that God chose to, ch- chose to turn Lot's wife Into a pillar of salt Why didn't he turn her into like Jelly or custard or A stack of bananas I don't know, he's God <laughs> He can do whatever he wants But he didn't, he chose, to ch- he chose to Turn her into a pillar of salt And remember, it's not just commentary It's in there for a reason And I started to wonder about this question. and you know what I found out? I found out that at this point in time, salt wasn't used as much for seasoning like we use today. It was used more as a preservative and so when Lot's wife looked back what she was saying was that she couldn't let go and so it doesn't seem so strange now that she turned into a p- pillar of salt because she was preserved because she looked back at all of the wreckage at all of the mess at all of the stuff that she couldn't control and it preserved her in a state of sin forever it put her in a place that she was never designed to be it kept her in that place and it locked her down it preserved her in a state that was not intended for her life life to be in you were not made to be preserved by the mistakes of your past whether you're the reason just like lot or whether you're not God has a rescue plan for your life He's designed you with so much potential inside of yourself that if you could just tear your eyes off your own Sodom if you could just move your face from looking at the wreckage that you may have caused or that was caused to you if you could just stop looking back and start looking forward that you would start to realise how much potential God has placed on the inside of you how much good His, His plans are for you because He is the God of new beginnings and so it's up to you in 2019 You can be whoever you want to be. It's totally up to you nowadays, isn't it? You can choose. It's all on you. You can be whoever you want. You can be Lot. And you can say, yeah, I I made some mistakes. And this goes for me too. We're all just a bunch of broken, messed up people. And you can say, yeah, I've done some wrongs. But I understand that God is the God of new beginnings. I might not really know who this God is, but I'm liking the sound of this new beginning. Or you can be his wife, preserved in a place that was never intended for you to be in. You can be a person that recognizes, I've done some wrong and I'm not proud of that. I'm going to choose I'm going to put a stake in the ground as we finish out this holiday hangover series as we move into a new year I'm going to put a stamp I'm going to put a stake in the ground and I'm going to trust that God's ways are higher than my ways and I'm going to start to trust that God's plan is more worked out than my plan and I'm going to start to trust him because I understand that he is a God of new beginnings and so I'm not going to look back anymore or you can be Lot's wife it's it's your shout today it really is But I want to encourage you with just one last thing. Don't get stuck on Sodom. Don't get stuck because we've all got our Sodom cities, haven't we? We've all got our messes that maybe someone doesn't even know what your mess is because you're too embarrassed and you're too ashamed to bring it up or bring it out. We've all got our Sodom cities, but don't get stuck on Sodom. God's faithfulness towards your life is not based on your Sodom, it's not based on what you did or didn't do, it's based on his character. Don't get stuck on pause, stuck staring at the mess you made. So in 2019, let's make a conscious effort, as a church, as a family, to listen to the right voice and to run in the right direction.